Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Elaine and Diane are certified coaches with personal experience raising children with challenges such as ADHD, anxiety, and more, and extensive experience in guiding parents to raise their complex kids with confidence and calm. On the podcast, Elaine and Diane interview experts, bringing you cutting-edge information about your child's challenges, teach you real-life strategies to create lasting change, and demonstrate how coaching can guide you to parent your complex kids one conversation at a time. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in Parenting with Impact. Hi, Di. Hi, Elaine. (laughs) This topic is at my request, and Diane is indulging me. It's an interesting topic. You would like, well, this is the first, we should fully disclose, this is the first recording we've done in 2022. So we've just gotten through holiday season. We've just gotten through our own drama. This is like reality parenting. Reality television podcasting. Podcasting, right? (laughs) Because we both just got through a really interesting holiday season and yours particularly. No matter when you're listening to it, we all remember the holidays of 2021 (laughs) when we were all set for holidays and then everything happened because of Omicron. So the topic for today is, is a theme that I got from a psychiatrist. My husband and I worked with a therapist many, many years ago whom we adored. His name is Ed Yuzi. And he, he said to us once, and we will never forget it, he said, it's not a question of whether you're going to screw up your kids. It's just a matter of how. So always remember that parenting is damage control. <laughs> Well, and I laugh because I always have joked about the fact that I had two funds for my kids. I have a college fund and a therapy. And I had fund. a therapy. Fund. <laughs> Me too. We all and did. I was like, I, no matter what's going on with my kids, I'm like, okay, you know what? I will help you pay for therapy. No matter what's going on, it will always be something that I'm more than happy to help you pay for because it's and, important. And by that, and in this realm, therapy, coaching, you know, personal yeah. development, yeah, support, yeah, yeah, whatever personal that development is. support. Right. And part of that is our own values around personal development. And how much it's done for us over the years. That's right. And the reality of the fact that we know that the dynamic created by trying to parent someone and help them, you know, even even though everybody, I think I I have this belief that everybody does their best in the moment with the information that they have and the values. (laughs) Sometimes your best isn't good enough. (laughs) Sometimes it just, it it doesn't work the way you thought it would work. (laughs) So what, so what's true. important for you about this conversation? Well, there's so many things coming <laughs> to my mind. I'm just trying to, to organize my thoughts a little bit. The notion here, so I full disclosure, I'm at a point where all my kids are in therapy as young adults, which is great. I mean, you know, for those of you who have parents of teenagers who are like, this kid needs to be in therapy and they won't go, then they they'll go eventually. They'll, <laughs> they'll go eventually. <laughs> and when they do, you to go. They'll blame you for everything because that's part of the nature of the process. And I'm really happy they're all doing this work because part of what became really clear to me over the holidays is that it's hard to raise these complex kids. You hear us talk about all the time. It's hard to be a complex kid. And as an adult who was a complex kid, I can tell you, it was hard to be that kid. And especially when I didn't know, but even when you do, like these kids are going through life and their own experiences and their own traumas, no matter how good you are as a parent. 
it's hard for them to be them. Yeah. And as they get old enough to start realizing it was hard to be them, then they have to start processing that and figure that out. Ideally, right? That's in the best scenario. Well, and I think the other piece of this is the individuation process, right? So these are kids who aren't often able to individuate as early as they are developmentally ready. So they're hanging on, they're in a a relationship with their parents that might be a little bit different than everybody else because they're more dependent or interdependent or, you know, there's all this stuff going on. And so they may be a little bit older, a little bit more kicking and screaming. I remember really distinctly my stepson kind of at this moment where he was ready to depart the house, he wrote this note that he's like, okay, I am. I quit my job or I quit college. I got a tattoo. I'm moving out. Let me know if you want to talk about anything. And it was just sort of this sort of <laughs> explosion <laughs> of life that he's like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. taking this moment. I'm moving <laughs> on. I'm, I'm becoming, I'm like, it's time. And that's what he needed to do. But it was like, whoa, wait a second. How that hits us as parents is, is not always easy. So the work that we're all about is helping parents empower kids to become independent. But the problem with empowering them is to become independent is that they begin to feel a sense of independence and autonomy (laughs) and make their own choices. And as a parent, that can be really hard. Like I was watching another family through the holidays, one of my kids' friends, and it was a 23-year-old young adult who the mom said, you're going to come here and then you're doing here and then you're doing here. And it completely was nothing to do with what that kid wanted. But this was a family dynamic where the parent was in control and the kid was going to follow directions and was crushingly depressed the whole holiday, right? Which is sad and hard to be with and hard for my kids to be with because it's a lot of work for us to say, well, when do you want to leave? Well, you're leaving earlier than I would like, but I understand why you're making that decision, right? That's, that's a hard place to be. Well, and I think that what's coming up to me for you is you're saying that is as parents, it's a sort of designing and getting clear on what kind of parent you want to be, you know, and how you want to portray that in your relationships with your kids. I mean, I know a lot of people who are my age whose parents say, no, this is what we're doing for the holiday and you will come home and and this is where we're having whatever. And, and it wasn't a, do you want to? It's, this is the way we're doing it. Yeah. I think that's fair. I, like, as you say that, I think really, but I hear you. Like, I get that that's not, not everybody has that autonomy and I just don't really. Well, come on. I mean, it's like, you're an adult. If your parents came to you and said, this is what we're doing. I mean, my parents would never. Right. That's the thing. My parents would come and say, I'd really like this. Would you do this? Right. They would always make it our choice. And the beauty of that is that when we go, we are fully at choice. We want to be there. Right. I mean, we had an amazing opportunity this holiday for that. That was really, really hard for everybody to do. But everybody chose to be there because we were given the choice, I think. Well, and so I guess that that, you know, is we're trying to kind of grasp at a theme for this conversation. You're talking about choice and choice is such an important tool. I think about this. I was working with a parent of a a kid who's like 10 the other day and constant power struggles. And I'm like, okay, let's figure out how to give this kid some choices in the context of the structure and the boundaries you want to set as a parent so that, you know, you're not giving away the farm and you still have, you know, the autonomy and the authority as you want as an adult. And you're giving that uh, child a space 
to have some autonomy so that they get used to it. And I think that that's part of what I love about the coach approach is you're helping your kids become independent and learning those independent skills. And ideally, maybe so that they don't wake up one day and go, oh, hell no, mom, you can't do this. You can't tell me what to do or, you know, whatever it is, but, but knowing that they still might. (laughs) Well, and, and so, so there there's, here's the increments, right? If we start with the notion that parenting is damageable, we're not going to do a perfect job as parents, right? We're going to do the best we can with what we've got. There are moments where that's not going to be good enough. And we're going to have to deal with the ramifications of that. Um, My kids were saying to me, they realized that I was a different mom with the first one, the second one, and the third one, right? Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. First 10 years, I was the, the first mom I was, was not my best mom, right? But then when we talked about it, it's like, yeah, but the first mom grew into the second mom. So do you want to beat me up for being that first mom or give me credit for who I became as the second mom and the third mom, right? So so there's there's going to be some damage, if you will, some, there's going to be mistakes you make, especially early on. There are going to be things that you don't handle as well as you'd like. And it's going to be fair for them as they get older to want to hold you accountable to that and to try to figure out how to deal with was to be raised by the parent who didn't yet know how to parent. Yeah. So well, that's that it, first phase. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, and I think that part of the the loop around here is that so many of us feel guilty. It's like, oh my gosh, I caused this. I did this. This is all my fault. Right. And so just know if you end up in a point where your kid is saying, you know, pointing the finger, this is all your fault. I mean, part of that is a normal human reaction to not wanting to, you know, not wanting to have to own everything that happened to us and not wanting to, you know, not being able to navigate it and lashing out. And there's a healing process there, but you have to kind of figure out what you do take in and own and say, you know what I didn't do is I didn't do as well then as I do now. I mean, I think that that's, I can reflect 10 years ago on the kinds of things. I mean, I tell the stories all the time about the way I was 10 years ago compared to now. And here's the thing, right? I am in a situation where I've I've done my own work and forgiven myself for that person. So that if my kids now came back and said, oh, mom, you really sucked 10 years ago, I could say, yeah, and I've learned from it. And that's part of life. And here I am. Well, so you can. And having just experienced it, I'll tell you, it still smacks a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) It still hurts just a little bit. Like, yeah, that's true. Okay. And what became really clear to me was that what they needed to hear, and I say this to parents of young adults all the time, right? What they needed to hear from me was, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that happened to you. I'm sorry that I behaved that way. I'm sorry that I put that pressure on you when I didn't understand. I'm really sorry. And it was really amazing how healing that was for them to hear me say, yeah, I didn't handle that so well. I'm so sorry. And then to go on to say, and it was really hard to be you. And I really, really respect that you're doing the work to try to figure that out and process that Yeah, because it was, you know, and, and here's the other thing, and this is not a slight to therapists, but, you know, the therapists are going to come in at that stage, having missed all of those early years of what was really going on. And so, you know, if you got a therapist who maybe a lot of our kids will go with young therapists who aren't yet parents or you know, there's the therapist is going to have an interpretation that may or may not be based on what really happened. And so helping them learn how to navigate that conversation with what was really going on, 
I mean, I ended up going back and doing kind of a medical history for one of my kids so that they knew what happened because they really didn't know. And there was a lot more involved, you know? Um, well, that and I mean, the reality is that there's a, a stream of, of therapeutic intervention that really involves rewriting your history, right? It's a sort uh, of... Yeah. Because we remember our history in a certain way. And if it's like, if you remember your history is painful, you know, versus if you can kind of rewire that and try to find the golden nuggets and remember that part of it. I mean, there, that I think that that's the piece of it is this sort of takes us back to what we can control and what we can't control. Yeah. We cannot control our kids' personal development. We cannot control our kids' therapeutic <laughs> relationships. We can't pick, even if we pick their therapist for them, we have no we, idea kind of what, well, what how, where saying. they're going to go. We can't control their development at the end of the period. Like, and that's what we start off trying to do before we realize that we can't, (laughs) you know, that's when we're, we're still in fix it mode. And I know I was in the first 10 years, I was trying to control their development before I realized that was my job was, was not to control it, but to support it. Well, but yeah, let's, let's call it what it was then. It wasn't that you were trying to control their development. It was that you were trying to do the best you could to try to make you know, turn them, them into a successful human that you thought. Right. Yeah. Well, no, I think I was trying to hold, I think in the early years, I was trying to hold them to typical development. I wanted them to fit into the lines in the realm of what was sort of normal or typical for their age and development. And I didn't understand the three to five year delay. I didn't understand that what was really happening was a developmental delay and that I was well, trying to make an eight-year-old behave like a eight-year-old who was really developmentally only five. Well, and you were doing that for good reason. You wanted right. them to fit well in society. You wanted to to challenge them to be independent. You wanted, I mean, it's, it's all this sort of stuff that we do out of the goodness of our heart. Um, it's not always so helpful. It's not always helpful. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So as we move the conversation, because I want to get back to what you're saying about choice, because I think it's really powerful. But I wanted to go back and really land, I think, my point about this notion of parenting as damage control was how important it was for me to say to my kids, I'm sorry for the mistakes I made. I'm sorry for when I wasn't there for you or when I was focusing on this kid instead of that kid or you know, whatever they're bringing and they're upset about, which is their experience and is legitimate. And if I, I had some work to do to not take it personally mm-hmm. so that I could be present to them and you know, continue to be the parent they need me to be and not make it be all about me. So that's piece one of it. And then back to this issue that you're saying about their personal development is their journey. Yeah. And that's a concept. Well, it is. And and here's what's coming up for me, because I did a bunch of therapy in my 30s. And I remember really distinctly kind of going back and trying to redesign my relationship with my parents. And Mm. You know, it's this sort of, you know, therapist is like, okay, so go and ask now for what you know you needed from your parents years ago. And I tried and, and I found out my parents just weren't, that's we're not the- who they were. <laughs> they, weren't, <laughs> they weren't available for the kind of thing. And it was like this sort of, oh, okay. So I know now that they weren't, you know, they're not that kind of person. They weren't available then. They're not available they're now. Not available it's really now. not about me. <laughs> exactly. Well, and so I think that that so the journey again is just sort of taking it back to you know can you look at your kids' journey as independent from your independent and parallel to your journey, and not 
judge one for the other or, you know, one is right, one is wrong, you know, how you look at things. I mean, it's, it's a really hard dynamic to navigate through as a human. It's super hard. And it's so, this is, it speaks so clearly to not taking it personally because, you know, how could the child and you not take that personally? Yeah. Right. And yet it doesn't serve you to do that. Well, and it's hard to not take it personally because, and this is what I was saying. It's like, we judge ourselves, right? It's just sort of, Mm -hmm. we know that we screwed up, right? And even if we forgive ourselves, there's still part of us in there that's going, See, yeah, <laughs> but you. if you had only, right, exactly. And so those, those are those moments that that part of you shows up. And so it's about being, you know, aware of that and go, it's not just my kid's judgment that's showing up right now. Yeah. Um, it's not all of my kid's judgment. I mean, it's like in that moment, your kid, you know, wasn't, I hate you. I never want to see you again. Your kid was, there's part of me that's really hurt by what right. happened in the past. Mm. Right. And so I love this concept of, uh, I've been talking a lot about paradox and the fact that two things can exist at one time. You could have been a really great parent and your kid can be really kind of, you know, feeling messed up today about something that happened years ago, or you could be feeling messed up today about something that happened years ago. Well, yeah. Yeah. So much, so many things um, are coming up. This notion that, so this is what I'm, I'm learning to let go of. I'm beginning to see, and this has been going on for a few years with all of my young adults, is their memory of what happened is often has not much to do with what really happened. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? It's fascinating. Like it's the memory. And infuriating. Or it's the... (laughs) But it's, it, it's really hard to be, it's like, but that didn't happen. I'm like my, one of my kids has got this story about being left at school multiple times for hours. That didn't happen. Yeah. It just didn't. Like there was one time at like, I, re, I remember it very vividly, vividly, but they kind of interpret or embellish something that happened as a child. And then it becomes a memory and the story becomes based on the memory. And, and this is, I'm not judging any of them for it because I think this is what we humans do. I'm sure I've done the same thing. I've got some great stories about my childhood that may not be true at all, right? That's a great aha. Yeah, maybe they are. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's not what happened. And so again, it's it, it comes back to doing our own work and trusting and empowering them to do theirs and not, so here's the thing. I can't let them do their work if I need them to do it in a way that makes me look good. Mm. Right. Even though I'm, you know, a parenting person and I do this professionally now, I didn't those first 10 years. Let's be really clear. That's why I do this now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But it can't be about me looking good. It's got to be about them figuring out their stuff. And that goes for kids at whatever age they're at, really, because even even and maybe even especially teenagers. Well, and so what's coming up for me in all of this for no matter how old your kiddo is that you're listening is you know, finding ways to own your stuff that is not about taking it personally, but is about, I mean, there's a difference between owning it and taking it personally, right? It's a sort of, wow, okay, that happened. And I, it wasn't my best moment. I'm I'm channeling Brene Brown right now. It's like, okay, that was not my best moment. And I own that. And I'm sorry for that. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to take on all this energy of, you know, oh, the world is going to end and and this is blame and shame and everything else. It's just sort of, there's this fine line of ownership versus kind of piling it on that can be impactful and powerful for us, no matter how old we are, how old our kids are, and will set us up for having a different kind of relationship 
with our kids as adults if we're more able to do that as they're developing. Well, and and maybe that's where we can begin to close this conversation because, you know, we are now at a point where we're parenting young adults Mm -hmm. and it's super different. And um, we've been doing a lot of work in the last year with parents, a couple of years of parents of young adults, because it is different and it's fascinating and it's fun and it's interesting and it can be scary and hard and, and hard and really hard. And this is what it's about, because what we really want is to be in long term relationship with them. And the way to be in a healthy long-term relationship with them is to recognize that they're a separate autonomous being on some level. Yeah. Or maybe that's a bias I'm bringing. Maybe that's- Well, and it's about figuring out who they are, right? I think that that's the piece of it. It's like seeing who they are, knowing their faults, their strengths, their whatever else. I mean, that's, that's meet them where they are. And if they're 22 and they're dealing with, you know, pain and healing from their childhood, then meet them where they are are. and be there with them. And, you know, be, you know, put as much of your own stuff aside as you can to kind of help them. I mean, this is this, the, this is what we do at whatever age, you know, it's just sort of trying, we talk about this a lot of times, like make sure you're clear on where your stuff is getting in the way of you being able to be there for your child. I was going to say, and then move it out of the way so you can be there for your child. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not easy because I guess the goal state, the end of the day, and this is, again, I think this is a bias I bring and I, I think you share it, is I want my kids to come home and I want them to want to come home. Hmm. I want them to want to be with us. I want them to want to be with each other. And the way to do that is to keep supporting them in feeling loved and supported so that they want. And part of that is about helping them to, for me, helping them to feel safe Yes. In being whoever they happen to be at the moment. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. All right. Shall we wrap on that? Help our kids feel safe on whoever they happen to be in the moment. And the path to do that is to get out of the way and know that we can't do this right and you can't do it perfectly. Do the best you can and then forgive yourself. And well, and, and again, it's a sort of know where, you know, see your stuff, deal with your stuff, but Find a way to put your stuff on the side so that you can be there for your kid and not have it be the only lens that the relationship exists. And own it. And own it. And own it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks for listening in, everybody. I really appreciate it. I needed to have this conversation. Thanks, (laughs) Ty. Bye. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.